They feared her because she had a gift. A power that has been passed on to you children. She had the gift of magic. Generation X Paranormal. Everybody, welcome back. Hey, we're super excited for this episode. Um, this is going to deal with the history of witchcraft, witches, um, just kind of everything that encompasses that. Um, and we we have this amazing guest, uh, really just, I don't really know how to explain her because she has got such a diverse background in just about everything, especially when it comes to the paranormal. Yes, well-rounded in the paranormal. Yeah, I mean, it's just her, her, if when we'll give you the information, but the just the absolute diverse background that she goes into ghost hunting, she goes into tea leaf reading. Well, anyway, I mean, I've got so much I can go on for hours about her, but uh, so her name is Rissa Miller, and she is a uh, a former senior editor at the uh, Vegetarian Resource Group, uh, former owner photographer at Balance Photography, former fo- photo editor at the Baltimore Sun. That's really impressive. Uh, studied photojournalism at Western Kentucky University and studied playwriting and screenwriting at NYU Tisch School of the Arts. And if you don't know what that is, guys, that's a that's a big time school. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that gives us a whole new level in our, our podcast. So um, and Reese is an editor, author, herbalist, seer and storyteller. So she's she's just amazing. She does it all. She does it all. (laughs) Uh, Her storytelling expertise stems from uh, extensive research into the area of esoteric history. And that includes ghost, witchcraft, cryptids and folklore and tea leaf reading. So yeah, I mean, like you said, extremely Mm well-rounded. So I mean, pretty much without further ado, let's, let's explore witchcraft and witch history with Rissa Miller. Hi Rissa. How are you? Hi, Logan. I'm doing great. It's nice to see you and Nicole. Same here. (laughs) So not to be not to be that person, but we've been pretty excited to have you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been kind of a buzz about it for the last week. You know, we uh, we we we've seen your, you know, your Web page and things like that. You have such a such a vast background and it's so eclectic and it's quite frankly, it's really amazing. So um, it was really, honestly, be honest with you, it was really hard to kind of nail down what we wanted to talk about <laughs> because you got so much cool stuff that you can, that you can speak from. Um, but you know, to that, if you could, do you want to kind of talk a little bit about yourself? Sure. I, I'd be happy to. So my full name is Rissa Miller. I live in Maryland and I grew up in Pennsylvania. So I've, I've lived in a lot of different places, but my love of the paranormal has always followed me despite a real straight laced career in journalism and editing. So I've worked at a lot of publications. I have been an editor in newspapers, national magazines. I've worked on books and um, I have also been a history tour guide. I, I'm a big fan of history. I love esoteric history. Uh, things like I've been a ghost tour guide. I, I still am. And nice. 
I am also a third generation tarot reader. Um, I wasn't sure what visuals you might want. So I do have the tarot cards that were my grandmother's oh, and cool. mom's. Oh, and that's awesome. Isn't yeah. that great? Yeah. I, um, I, I have to admit, I don't take them out in public anymore. Uh, once sure. somebody almost spilled a Pepsi on them. But, oh, no. Um, yeah, that, that was not awesome. But, no, I wouldn't, uh, yeah. I wouldn't be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I, I do have a wide background. I have studied um, all kinds of things um, from writing and art history and nutrition. Uh, right now I'm studying clinical herbalism. It's always been a great passion of mine. I love plants. And awesome. uh, to that, I also do tea leaf reading I, because I love plants. I also do tea leaf reading. But yeah. I do a lot of things and I have a lot of interests and I somehow find time and energy to pursue them all. Well, that's <laughs> more power to you. Cause I don't know that <laughs> I have a hard time just finding time to do what we do. So, you know, that's well, fantastic. What you do is a lot. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I recently started a YouTube channel, so I understand how, when you have to redo something because of sound yes. or yes. just the time it takes to edit it's yes. a lot. It's a lot. And the people who do it all the time make it look super easy. Yep. Yeah. That, that's more him. <laughs> he's the he's the technical side of it. Even still though, it's uh it is. It is quite an arduous task to do it editing. It, it really it is. is. But absolutely. You know, and well, that's so, cool. so so kudos to you for that. It's oh, it's, thanks. <laughs> it's um I would say almost tedious work. It, it, it yes, it can be. Yeah, <laughs> but it is definitely a labor of love. I think for me, a lot of the times, um, I'm really not a very good follower of our own show because by the time it comes out, I've seen or heard it probably a million times. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, so anyway, I think I think we really wanted to narrow down um, mm -hmm. kind of kind of a history of witches and witchcraft. Mm -hmm. um, Quite honestly, because in my opinion, and I'm sure Nicole will probably talk about this too, I think it's one of the more, and this is again my opinion, it's probably mm -hmm. one of the more misunderstood mm -hmm. and some of the more, I don't know, it, a lot of people I think think of it on the fringe part of things. And I think that, I think it kind of gets really misrepresented. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm happy to jump in. And just yes, so please. you, you both know, I'm, I'm a... a a long-winded talker. So feel Please. free to cut me off or ask no. questions at any time. We will okay. we'll well, definitely ask questions. We'll, we'll start it off this way. How did yeah. you become interested in witches and the subject of witches? Oh, well, you know, I grew up I grew up in the 80s and 90s. I mean, I grew mm -hmm. up on the craft and uh, Beetlejuice. Yes. And of course, I always loved witches. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I used to, um, I was a horseback rider growing up and uh, I used to draw pictures of my horse wearing a witch hat. So yeah, I... <laughs> I always thought witches were cool, and I had a very unusual childhood in that I was never raised to be afraid of things that were different. I True. was never raised to be afraid of ghosts. I was not raised to be afraid of witches. And when I got out into the world and realized that other people were afraid of those things, it was kind of surprising to me. Right. And so um, over the years, I, I swung both ways. I... I was a, a journalist, just the facts, and then I, I've also always loved on the complete opposite side, esoterica, yeah. and witchcraft would definitely fall into that category. Sure. But, you know, witchcraft plays another big role in the culture of the world, I would say, mm -hmm. and that is the role of how women are perceived even to this day. So. Nice. 
I, it is my personal belief, and I know many historians share this uh, feeling, this belief, that the centuries of persecution of witches, mostly women, some men, some animals, some children, but mostly women, I'd say they believe it is roughly 80% or more women, um, has led to a culture where women aren't to be trusted. We can't trust each other. We can't trust ourselves. And men definitely can't trust us because, you know, women are always up to something. And it's kind of one of those unfortunate parts of the burning times that we still live with. So the burning times is a, a way that historians refer to the many centuries of witch hunting. And I mean actual witch hunting, not the political term that people use now. The actual witch hunting where women, men, animals, children were burned alive, were beheaded, were imprisoned, were severely abused. Now, were there real witches? Always. There were always real witches. Witchcraft in a general form uh, could be a lot of things. Witchcraft in a general form can be a religion guided by nature. It can be a religion guided by a deity, by multiple deities, by no deities. Um, witchcraft also encompassed a lot of the healing arts before we had medical doctors. Mm -hmm. So it, it was a wide swath that covered the term witchcraft. I mean, right. in the state of Maryland, um, in the 1400s, if you gave someone a cup of herbal tea and you had a cat companion, those two things alone could condemn you to a Jeez. witchcraft trial. That was all it took. That was yeah. all it took. Because this culture of fear had been built up by Europeans for so long. Now, the natives did not share that, just to be clear. Uh, the, mm -hmm. natives, the natives who were already here when the colonists arrived had a completely different system of beliefs. They, they didn't, witches weren't a thing for them. Um, yeah. They had shamans and medicine men and medicine women, and they communed mm. with nature spirits, and they probably thought we were wackadoodle. But um, <laughs> they're probably like, Maybe what is, still. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's still the case. Yeah. Um, they're probably thinking, like, seriously, what is wrong with these people? But... Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, many other native cultures around the world do have a place for shamans, for healers, for medicine men and women. And it's simply not thought of in the same way that the colonists, the Europeans thought of it. Now, the sad thing is there has been, I'd say in the past few decades, a kick forward, unfortunately, going into a lot of South American and African cultures about fear of witches. And there are places now in South America and Africa where they're putting witches to death, both men and women, out of the the archetype created by Europeans. Everything ripples, right? Like you throw that right. stone in the pond, it's going to keep sure. pushing out. And um, it, it is unfortunately still pushing out in both literal and um, societal ways. And I think it still affects many of us without us even realizing it in how women see yeah. each other, in how women are perceived in society, and in the role we still play. Um, a lot of historians call it the witch wound, mm -hmm. the, um, the wound that all women carry because of the burning times, because of fear of witches. And, you know, it, historically looking back, when the Catholic Church decided to go after witches, it was right on the tail end of them <laughs> lessening Unfortunate. I said they did this at all. It was on the tail end of them lessening going after people of the Jewish faith. So the Hammer of Jews was a book that came first, 
and then okay. they switched it to become the Hammer of Witches. These mm. were basically similar texts written to persecute people who were different. So first they went after people of the Jewish faith, and then they decided to go after witches. Now, witches were a much more difficult to define group. Sure. And um, it encompassed so many people, you know, and just by associating with a witch, you could be condemned to death. It, it was a culture of fear that um, it has come up over and over again in history. I mean, if you look at the panic that was Salem, Massachusetts in oh, 1692, yes. that was a panic. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it has repeated in history. We have had it since then here in America. We called it the satanic panic. It happened in the 1970s and 80s. And people were put in jail. People were checked for the mark of Satan. We did the same things. (laughs) I I, I sometimes, yeah, like when I'm looking at this, I'm like, this is literally the same. Like we as a society didn't learn. (laughs) We didn't no. learn. We didn't learn the first several hundred times. Let, let's do it again. No, well, I remember. Like, let's not. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember just even just on a surface level, I would go to the record store, which, by the way, that existed in my time, which doesn't anymore. But you know, you would get the little PMRC label that said explicit lyrics on uh-huh. stuff because they were censoring things. I remember I couldn't buy like an Ozzy Osbourne record because somehow there was satanic, you know, oh, satanic yeah. things involved. And, you know, the PMRC had to get involved. Anyway, I can get into a long spiel about that. But um, but no, I, you're right. I, re- I do remember that time very yeah. well. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, um, there was a park we used to go to. And then suddenly there was just a rumor. It was never substantiated because when I got older, I looked it up. Um, those journalism skills came in handy. but um, <laughs> And they still do, like all the time. Sure. Um, I, I looked it up and it turned out this park, it was called Rocky Ridge. They There was a rumor that a, a satanic cult had moved in and that it was like full of all of these Satanists doing, you know, his, uh, terrible deeds. I mean, if there was ever a satanic cult there, they were never arrested. It was never reported by the paper. And there was no police report ever made. Mm. So, P.S., we also live in the United States. And <laughs> right. to be a Satanist is perfectly legal and within yeah. your rights. It is, yeah. So, yeah, um, that uh, that was a thing that seems to have been overlooked. <laughs> yeah. But um, well, all yeah, of that, that said, it, it is a fascinating relationship with the word witch that uh, mm-hmm. people have. Yeah, and that kind of brings me to another topic, um, you know, which is I think is just obviously shortened for the the study or the practice of witchcraft, and you know, and the reason I ask this is my grandmother. She now my mom's side I'm Scottish, uh, Swedish, and my grandmother or my father's side I'm native, and she was very much so what they would call a curandera in in uh-huh. a I know in Mexican what that is. right, and. There were so many things that she would do, and I and I wish to this day that I could have remembered some of it. I mean, there are a few things I do remember. There was mm-hmm. this three egg thing that she did when we got into a house to cleanse it. Yep, um, you know, she, I know it. You know that <laughs> no. one, okay? It's <laughs> so crazy. Do. I don't know any people that know that. That is so awesome. Did she believe in floating or cracking the egg? Cracking. Okay. I remember her cracking. They mm-hmm. go into a bowl, mm-hmm. um, and I remember one time. One of them came out red. Yeah. I remember that being a big deal, and I don't remember why. <laughs> it means there's um, an ill-intended entity around. Really? Mm-hmm. So she saged after that, so that I probably bet. makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> That's so wild. Well, that answered a lot of questions, by the way, that I've had for many years. <laughs> I'm so glad but, to help. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
But one of the things I kind of wanted to bring up, and I know this is, I mean, obviously I know about the John Proctor thing, but as far as male witchcraft or the study of male males being in witchcraft, you know, I know the the large, by and large, it's a a woman driven, uh, I, I guess, practice. But would a would a male still be considered a witch, or is there another is there another terminology, or how does that? Well, work? I mean, I could lean into Harry Potter and say there's wizard. Um, but, and and there's also warlocks, but, um, you know, I definitely know a lot of men I have encountered in my life, male identifying people that's used the word witch. And, um, that has historically always been true. So I think that if you expand the word, witch, witch to include Mm -hmm. Wiccans and pagans, you're going to rope into that a lot of male identifying people. Right. Um, okay. It's going to include a lot more than just a traditional female witch with her cat. And mm-hmm. um, also, you know, lots of witches have familiars that aren't cats, too. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, all of that said, I, I don't think that it, in practice, uh, witches are only women. Not at all. Now, right. historically, women were targeted. And yes. any man associated with them, be it a father husband, son, brother, would, would go down to. Right, and I know the biggest historic, well, one of the big historical ones was John Proctor. I know that part, um, at least loosely. I'm probably not, I wouldn't say I'm an expert on it, but I, I do know that that was part of the situation that happened with him. Well, you know, and also it depends on where you look. So, for example, in Scotland, where your heritage is, we had James. So yes. James was a... A very misguided individual. Let's go with that. And <laughs> yes. um, he, when Elizabeth died, he took over England as well. And he brought his uh, enthusiasm for killing witches to England. And he went after mostly women. He sure did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, was that a, was that a him thing? Because there were practices mm-hmm. he had. I don't know if you know what corpse medicine is, but he practiced it. His physicians practice using parts of dead people's bodies to put on him or feed to him to heal him. I can't think of anything that sounds witchier, personally. No kidding. Mm. Ew. But I mean, <laughs> well, today we I know, that, know is, that today we know that is absolutely not sterile and probably right. not good for you in any way. Mm-hmm. However, at that time, uh, the scientific method wasn't a thing yet. So right. um, <laughs> uh, the, I was—I uh, remember catch. reading that, going like, okay. So if that's not witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I have to look that up. Corpse medicine is Corpse what, medicine. Yeah. I don't you know, think I've ever heard of that. There was, also, uh, there was also historically a practice of when somebody was hanged, like a criminal, of going and touching the body. It's called stroking. And uh, stroking was done by people. They would line up at, at, the, at the death of a criminal who was hanged, both in England and, and in the colonies to um, cure themselves of illness or other maladies because they believed that the the wellness was coming off of that body. Okay. I mean, imagine I... to someone taking their child and like rubbing it on yeah. this dead criminal. But yeah, they, they did. Can you imagine how, how that must have looked in that time frame? Oh, yeah. Just going up and, hey, you know. But it was the normal thing. So, right. I mean, whatever the normal thing, yeah. it may, you know, years from now, whatever we did now may look, Crazy. I'm, I'm sure true. that we have medical practices now that people even 30 years from now will think are barbaric. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. absolutely. No That's kidding. Crazy. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as like we know US history is Salem, you know, that's the big it's one not that just most Salem, people know. But yeah. yeah. Um, every state has their own history. In fact, in Maryland, there was a man named John Calman who was accused of witchcraft. And uh, <laughs> his crime, according to the Maryland State Records, was bewitching the body of a woman. And um, <laughs> right? seducing. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, he literally almost lost his life for that crime. He Jeez. he was literally on the gallows when his pardon arrived. And it wasn't a full pardon. Um, they said, we're either going to hang you today or you can choose to be a civil servant for the state for the rest of your life. And uh, he, he chose to be a civil servant and to live. I mean, that, that sounds like something... <laughs> Pretty reasonable person would would suggest, yeah, 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 would take, yeah. Although you know, when I've given my one of my talks is um, history of Maryland witches, and um, there was a woman on the tour once who was in fact a, an employee of the state of Maryland. She goes, "I would have taken the noose," but um, <laughs> I mean, who knows what her job was? I'm not sure right. what she did for Maryland. That's funny. <laughs> I take the noose. I'm okay. She's like, I would have chosen differently. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Not to tangent too much, but mm-hmm. I know that Baltimore has such a an enriched background in, in not just, um, obviously not just in witchcraft, but even you, know, you look at the Edgar Allan Poe situation mm. that happened there. Yeah. Um, and I have my personal thoughts. I think that guy was a very, I think he struggled with a lot of this. I think mm. in his time, he didn't know how to react to some of this. So he probably had a lot of difficulties with it, but... So I used to work at the Edgar Allan Poe Museum in Baltimore. Oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, so you asked the right question. Um, Edgar Allan Poe was a person who, he suffered a lot with um, what we believe now, we might call it depression, or we mm-hmm. might call you know mental health challenges. But at the time, that wasn't a thing, especially for men. And, um, you know, it it just, it wasn't an accepted thing that a man could have mental health challenges in that time. And he did, of course, live through the Victorian time. He was around Mm -hmm. when there were spiritualists and people with Ouija boards. The Ouija board also, of course, came from Baltimore. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? No. (laughs) So the Ouija, sidelining, the Ouija board was invented in Baltimore. Um, It was patented by a lawyer named Elijah Bond. And I wish I had a photo to show you his grave, which is in uh, Greenmount Cemetery in Baltimore. It looks like a Ouija board. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I got to admit that is pretty cool. You know, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. yeah. They were made in Baltimore until the 1960s when uh, Parker Brothers bought them and their production moved to Salem, Massachusetts. Really? <laughs> and that's something. I did not know that. Yeah. See, we, dinner and a show. We learned something. It's <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, Mr. Poe, you know, Mr. Poe definitely had his own demons and obsessions, and he he gave a voice to a lot of darkness that um, there were other writers that did before. I mean, obviously, Shakespeare and has ghosts Mm -hmm. and witches and Mary Shelley came before him, Bram Stoker. um, And he, of course, gave us the short story. Mr. Poe gave us the short story. I mean, yes, he did. Thank you, Mr. Poe. And um, it was groundbreaking work that he did at the time that he could bring the macabre um, so much to life and and, in a short form. Mm -hmm. So his work was significant both in its style and content, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And he didn't just write in Baltimore. He wrote in lots and lots of places. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, of course, Baltimore is one of the cities that claims him. Um, He did live there. And that is where Virginia Clem um, was from as well. Right. And um, they're both buried there. Um, he died there. And she, mm-hmm. I believe she died in New York, I think. 
think that's right. I don't know. I'm, I know I'm, a little. I know enough to be dangerous about Edgar Allan Poe, but I think that that's correct. It's been a minute since I talked about this, the specific facts of his life. So if I'm <laughs> wrong, forgive me. I'm pretty sure she died in New York. I know she was very sick in the time they were living in their cottage there. So, right. um, and he was also um, writing letters with another lady at the same time. Hmm. Imagine that. But, you know, when he died in Baltimore, a big part of the mystery was, yes, he had been an alcoholic. We, we know right. this. But he was on the wagon. He had not had a drink in a long time. And he was really motivated not to drink because he was going to marry a second time. He had a woman he was very excited about marrying. Um, it was a woman he wanted to marry before he married Virginia, and she had previously turned him down. Um, hmm. And she was widowed, and he was a widower, and he was finally going to get with this lady he really wanted to marry. And he wasn't even supposed to be in Baltimore for very long. So hmm. it's always it's a long-standing mystery what happened between yeah. the time he arrived in Baltimore and the time he died in the hospital. He did not die on the street in Baltimore, by the way, just so you know. Really? I know no. that's a, I, I remember I that, that being was like for, the big mystery. Yeah. No, 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 no. He he was okay. found on the street and he was hospitalized for several days before he died in the hospital. If you go right. to Baltimore, um, the building that used to be that hospital does have a marker. This is the death of death place of Edgar Allan Poe. It's now an apartment building, which is a little weird. But so yeah. yeah, it used to be a hospital. A lot of people <laughs> died there in the 1800s. Now you can move in and have a luxury apartment. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, hard good. pass. Right? Uh, hard pass. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, appreciate it. But um, yeah, there there are a lot of places that claim he died there, but it was actually at the hospital. There there are like spots all over the city. Oh, he died here. Like no, he yeah. didn't. He it, we know where he died. He died in the hospital. It's kind of like in, in Illinois, there's always a place where Lincoln last slept or yeah. whatever. Or but... um, also all over the East Coast, George Washington slept here. Yeah. I, yeah. I swear right. the man right. got around. He slept everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'll, claim to fame. I'll bring it back down. I went into tangent land. I couldn't help myself because I do love the Edgar Allan Poe connection. That's pretty awesome. Um, I, I do too. And honestly, I, I could talk to you about it for a whole hour. Like I, I, mean, I, I love Edgar Allan Poe as well. Well, maybe we'll have to bring you back on. Yeah. We'll just have an episode on Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, it sounds like there's so much yet to really uncover. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't know there was that much. Yeah. Um. So as far as European witch history, <laughs> the only really, I think I know about it is like the Scottish and Irish and English now that that's you know it started mostly in my germany. bloodline yeah okay it started in germany yeah so the in germany the killing of witches started in germany and um it it was followed quickly by many of the other countries going south mostly um and then spain and italy started the killing of cats so mm. that became really significant piece of witch history because you know what came over on the silk road right mm. the plague do you? Oh, well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, the witch craze um, got uh, all this excitement around killing cats. Literally thousands of cats lost their lives during the burning times. And when all of those boats with the rats infected with bubonic plague landed, there were no mm. natural predators to take care of them because people had killed all the cats. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Once again, you huh. would think we would learn our lesson, but no. Right. No. <laughs> no, we don't do that here. No. So what, was, <laughs> what was the reasoning behind the cats? What did they? How did they look uh, at the cats and think that they were witches? Well, 
cats were very independent. I mean, they still are, mm-hmm. right? A cat is yes. a sassy, independent oh, yeah. creature. And um, the Catholic Church uh, put out an edict that cats were associated with the devil, and you could tell by their demeanor and personality, the fact that they were Gosh. not obedient, they were not good work animals. What they overlooked was the fact that cats are a crucial part of our ecosystem. Oh, absolutely. Like a super important piece of the puzzle to have cats around. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things that they just didn't understand yet scientifically, right? And... Um, I wonder so if they, that has has ahead. much to do with. I mean, let me cut you off, but you know, with like, granted, it's Hollywood eyes, but even like Egyptian, uh, mm. aren't they somewhat Bass. the same with cats? No, they mm-hmm. worshipped cats. They Cass worshipped cats. Okay. Cass, yeah. okay. Uh, Bass Bastet was a goddess. She was worshipped by Egyptians, and okay. um, cats were revered there because okay. Egyptians kind of understood that cats were important. <laughs> Yeah, I guess they just had more powerful skills of observation, perhaps. Yeah. I would say so. I mean, I'm speculating. Yeah. I'm fully speculating on that, but I, that's my guess. Uh, yeah. So no, other other places in the world, um, they did not do what the Europeans did with the cats, and the Europeans paid the price. Um, we did just come through a pandemic, so mm-hmm. everybody has some idea, but the bubonic plague was worse. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. More people died and died horribly. Mm-hmm. There was no medicine. Their best medicine mm-hmm. was like aromatherapy, you know? Yeah. And leeches and everything else that they probably try to put <laughs> yeah. on these poor people. Leeches. Um, there was a product called, um, sorry, I'm going to get a drink. Yeah, Goodbye. please. By all means. Yeah, we. Uh, I just feel like the basic ongoing theme here is you color outside the lines even a little bit, you're a witch. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you're an animal or. Anything else? Yeah. If you don't fit you don't the strictly follow the right. guidelines, yeah, if you don't follow the to the rubber stamp of what everybody. But you know, be. it wasn't just that. If with during the witch craze, it was real easy to get rid of someone you didn't like. Yes. So Nicole, that's kind of what happened in Salem, right? Yes. I mean, basically, that's how it started, and started, then it just kind of yeah. spiraled out of control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, say say I'm a widow, and. Um, a gentleman comes along and proposes to me mostly because he wants to get my farm. And I say, no, I'm, I'm good. Me and my satanic cats are going to stay. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> he could just go and claim I'm a witch. Literally, wow. the proof could come out of thin air. It could be something as simple as I have a mark on my arm. And actually, the camera's not picking it up, but I have a scar right there. So mm-hmm. if you have a mark anywhere on your body, it could be the mark of the witch or the mark of the devil. Um, if you do any kind of healing work, you're definitely a target. And then there were legitimate healers, midwives, herbalists that died because, you know, they, they couldn't cure somebody. Right. You know, and this happens. There's no, even, even with all the advances we have in science today, people still get sick and die. It's just part of, it's it's part of the world. And obviously that happened with childbirth, with illness, with, you know, the things they didn't understand yet, like influenza, it happened. And if somebody's child died, the parents could be like, oh, Nicole, you're a witch. You killed my kid. And that was all the proof they would need to have you and your whole family and maybe your neighbors also hanged. That was it. That was all that needed so to happen. So scary. So it, it created this sort of closed culture where people didn't trust each other at all. Yeah. Especially didn't trust women. And right. uh, yet, like, they needed their healers, you know, mm-hmm. and you needed your community and especially back then, you needed your community. There was no grocery store. You kind of had to work together. 
And uh-huh. it, it created these divisions and this, at- this foggy atmosphere throughout Europe where people didn't trust strangers, they didn't trust each other, they certainly didn't trust their neighbors. So it, it was very frightening, I'm sure, especially to be a woman back then. Which, which I find so counterintuitive because I think human and humanity, we are a, we're community based. We are. Uh, we live on community. It's, you know, we, we share in things, experience, um, resources mm-hmm. to, to all of a sudden turn on a dime and now not trust anybody within your community. Mm-hmm. It now becomes almost really disingenuous to the human experience because then you're really not you're not really practicing as a human at that point. That's probably why a lot of people go a little a little outside the box and mm-hmm. where they should be. <laughs> so. Well, and you're less likely to help someone if right. you know you're going to be accused of being yeah. a witch, even if you could have prevented a death or anything. No, I, I'm not going to even try right? because if something exactly. goes wrong. You know, yeah. there was a, a similar thing that happened in recent years where um, somebody was first aid certified and they saw someone who was hurt. But they didn't stop to help because they had just heard a story on the news about somebody stopping to help and getting sued for not doing it right. I think I heard about this. And so they yes. were like, nope, I'm not even going to help. Not going to help. And I thought mm-hmm. to myself, wow, we st- we still haven't learned. We're still doing the same things. This is Absolutely. this doesn't make any sense. You know, no, we, we really haven't. And that's it's so unfortunate because I think we could. Well, I mean, obviously, all the all the things you can say about being able to prosper as a as a people, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, you, you hit it right on the head with that for sure. I know it's a cliche, but uh, teamwork makes the dream work is is a yeah. cliche <laughs> for a reason. Right. Um, I mean, cliches know, are built yeah. out of some sort of you know, some <laughs> sort of truth. They usually are. You know? Yeah, they yeah. usually yeah. are. <laughs> you know, and it's really unfortunate that history turned on women and all kinds of people who were just a little different. You know, just yeah. because you didn't follow the same faith doesn't mean that you were wrong. It just means that you were different. So it created right. this culture of other. And we're still, as a still society, doing we're still mm-hmm. doing this thing with other and not just with witches, but with anybody who's other. And it's it's extremely unfortunate. And I think that the burning times and the witch hunts really solidified that into the collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I- Maybe because I, uh, you know, granted, I'm I'm nowhere near a subject matter expert. That's why you're schooling me right and left here. But <laughs> you keep bringing up the burning times, and I don't know that I'm familiar with that. Can you give me a little bit of quick background on that? Because I'm not sure I understand that. It's a, a general phrase that historians okay. use to describe the centuries of time, starting around the 1300s, going through the mid-1700s, when women were burned as witches, mostly okay. women. I had assumed that I just want, I wanted to make sure. Cause I was like, I, I've heard that a couple of times now and I didn't know if I was 100%. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know exactly the time period. Right. Yeah. So there's 13. a lot we don't know about then. There's a lot of villages mm-hmm. with no recorded history all over Europe. Um, I, I mean, not everybody knew how to write, you know, right. yeah. and um, not every village even had somebody who was writing their history. So we know it started in the 1300s in Germany. We don't know exactly where or how. Um, we know some of the first people who were burned, but we don't know exactly what went wrong. And it's spread by word of mouth, which is how things still spread today. We have mm-hmm. we have fancier gadgets to do it, but we still do yeah, it do. the same way. <laughs> same way. And um, it, it went like wildfire across Europe. Because, you know, when you have problems to blame, 
Why bl- why not blame the other? Why not blame right. someone oh, yeah. else for your lot, for your hard luck, for your crops dying, for the fact that your your horses has has colic, whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still do it. We still yep. do yep. it as a species. It's so much easier to to do that than accept the loss for yourself or the blame on yourself. Yeah, or yeah. just the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of that going around. That's interesting to me that it started in Germany because I guess I always assumed it was maybe like a a practice by the druids or something like that that came down mm-hmm. to the pagans and because that's <laughs> the only thing I've actually really heard about is from like Scotland, Ireland, England mm-hmm. area, and so I'm like, well, that's that's clearly where it came from. I guess I never thought to look actually the real history. So that's the pagans that's had really a interesting. stronghold. They did mm-hmm. not want to give up to the Christians and Catholics at all. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. And there were places where uh, pagans and druids and um, multi-deity faiths held on for a long time. And uh, it took quite a while for this to infiltrate some of those areas or just one crazy leader like James to bring yeah. it along. And, and everybody's like, OK, we're going to do what you say because we don't want to die. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that the induction of fear in a leadership can get you can get yeah. you a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. that'll do yeah. it. Well, <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah, a lot of them got killed for every other reason too. Yeah, they did. <laughs> right, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I guess what a, what do you, what is a witch today? Yeah, like what mm-hmm. what does that mean today? It can mean so <laughs> many different things. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, there are still practicing. Um, there are all kinds of practicing pagans. There are still practicing druids. Um, there are practicing Wiccans. Wiccan is a newer faith. It uh, started around the 1950s. Um, there are solitary witches of all different kinds. And um, not all witches work with deities. Some do. Some work with... I, I actually have only met, I think, in my whole life, uh, two people who, who recognize Satan as their deity and all the rest of the... The witches, pagans, etc., that I've ever met have a whole different pantheon of deities that they talk to. Um, it is a, a huge umbrella term, witch, right. and mm-hmm. it it covers so many different faiths and beliefs that it's it's very difficult to put it all together. Um, some people who are practicing witches work strictly with nature. Like, and that's it: moon cycles, plant cycles, trees, and that's that's their the basis of their faith. So it's um, some work directly with spirits like ancestor spirits or, you know, um, spirit energies around them. There's just so many variations on the term, witch, and right. I, it's not as easy to define as the other mainline religions. And mm-hmm. it is my understanding. And I, I know that both USA today and the New York times have reported on this, that witchcraft, witchiness, which practice mm-hmm. is gone up dramatically, especially in generations younger than mine. And right. that a lot of people have um, grown up in a faith that, especially actually in the past few years uh, through the pandemic and the time after, they feel like their faith didn't really have much to offer. It didn't comfort them. It didn't bring them anything. It didn't bring them any sense of control in the chaos. And a lot of people then turned to some other witchy or pagan type practice that they connected with more and um, it just resonated more deeply. And, you know, I, I get that. You know, if you're going to put the time and energy into a faith practice, you want to feel good about it. 
You know, you you sure. want to right. feel like it's it's supporting you in the way that you spiritually want to be supported. So yeah. I I would say that at some point we'll have to recognize witchcraft as a general mainline religion in this in mm-hmm. this country. It's it's going to have to happen probably hopefully within our lifetimes. Right. That's a that's a really interesting point that I guess I never really put together that <clears throat> almost like that disenfranchising of of what most people would consider, you know, religions that you know that we know, you know, a little more mainstream today. Um obviously, especially what we've been through within the last, you know, 3 years mm-hmm. or whatever have you. Um that a disenfranchisement like that would cause some people maybe to to look for other I guess other areas for for not just um, mental sa- uh, uh, satisfaction, but also a spiritual um, connection with mm-hmm. something. And I know this is going to sound funny, and and I'm going to bring it up because I know you probably don't want me to, but I'm going anyway. What? So this last weekend we went to oh. a, a Stevie Nicks concert, right? Yes. Oh, I um, love Stevie Nicks. Yeah, it was it was a lot of it's fun. Amazing. How say how but, amazing you got to see her yeah. live. Oh. Yay. It was incredibly <laughs> hot, but yes, we had such a good time. Yeah, it, if it wouldn't have been her, I don't know that I could have yeah. gotten through it <laughs> yeah. because it was like a hundred and it was. It was so really, we got there like a hundred and four, hundred and five, oh. something like that. Yeah, it was. It was, it was bad. It was in um, a big stadium yeah. outside football stadium, and it was just miserable but, but it was, was like billy joel so yeah. you're gonna hang out for that you know it's just gonna happen yeah but, that's a once in a lifetime thing that's amazing yeah yeah, yeah we yeah. were going one way or another but the reason i bring it up is when you said that it kind of resonated with me because there was a lot of uh a lot of younger people there that i was surprised re- really surprised us and they were very much so there for stevie not for billy joel because mm-hmm. most of them left after yeah. she played yeah like i had went up to get something like in intermission and I heard them talking to each other. They were getting a drink or something, and they're like, "We're leaving." Yeah. You know, like, we were just here to see Stevie. And I was like, "Well, yeah, that was my main reason as well. I love Billy Joel, but that was my. But I'm not gonna stay to see Billy Joel. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was surprised, and they were well, young, like 20s at least. Yeah, and like the re- 20, 25, yeah, they were something very like young. that. And I was a little surprised to see that, to be honest. And I think the reason I bring that up is because, you know, obviously she's very much so known as being the white witch and things like that. And whether or not she practices or not, I don't know, but she None has of us at do, least, yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> she at least you know has what? that. That's her business. That's her business. Right. Exactly, right. exactly. But it's just interesting because I wonder if that's part of that that new uh-huh. resurgence. Uh, resurgence of it. So it was just interesting that you brought that up. Uh, you know, there's also something about Stevie Nicks, right? Um, mm-hmm. Nobody sounds like her. Nobody moves no, like no. her. She's truly yeah. an icon in her own time. And um, I think, you know, it was interesting. Uh, it was during 2020. I remember reading an article. Can you tell I read a lot? Um, no, that sure. Her, uh, some of her music went back onto the top 20 chart in sales. Yep. After all those Doesn't years, surprise me. Yeah, yeah, not one except bit. Except for the Fleetwood Mac music as well. Back on yeah. the top mm-hmm. 20 chart because people were sitting at home and they were like, oh, this music is new to me. Right. Right. I mean, it's not new yeah. to me. I grew up with it. No. Yeah, but, same here. <laughs> um, you know, she's still in my rotation. There's never been a point in my life when I didn't have some music by Stevie Nicks somewhere yeah. nearby. You know, whether well, that, it was on a cassette tape or a uh, CD or now. A you track. Know, yeah. 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 <laughs> real to real. Yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, you know, she was also uh, in American Horror Story, so a lot of yeah. people, a lot of people yeah. found her that way. That's great, so great I season. Now, see, I found her from Practical Magic. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that movie with Sandra Bullock. I do. It was the first time, yeah, I'd ever watched anything that wasn't like a, a typical Halloween witch. You know what I mean? Like it gave like another, another presentation. I just mm-hmm. loved that movie. Yeah, she was and of an course her music. Witch. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. through all that, and that's when I discovered her. And so I just I love those so- those specific songs that are in that mm-hmm. movie. Um, but yeah. I think that's probably, you know, some of these old 90s movies and stuff mm-hmm. are these kids are watching them mm-hmm. yeah. and they're probably they're discovering, discovering her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and also it's so interesting to me when you look at what's popular, when you look mm-hmm. at, OK, Netflix, most popular streaming shows ever were Stranger Things, The Witcher yeah. and Wednesday. They are yeah. all yeah. dark. They all have horror Absolutely. elements. They all have magic elements. And yeah. This is the most popular shows Netflix has put out, at least yeah, in absolutely. the United States, right? I mean, yeah. Ghost Hunters is on season what, like five hundred? You know, oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, I think absolutely. it's actually like twenty six or twenty seven, something like that. But still, right. it's like, it feels like it though. Yeah, yeah they've been around for a long time. Since we got married. Yeah. It's been seventeen years ago. <laughs> so it's, so, it's yeah. obviously there's an empty space in the public mind that there people are still looking for these same answers. Oh, yeah. And obviously, they haven't found them yet. They're, mm-hmm. they're still watching Ghost Hunters. These guys have never found a ghost for 26 nope. years. Nope. We're still looking, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, yeah. we're, we're still watching The Addams Family. We're yeah. still watching... They just remade The Monsters. They're, we're still watching these same things. We're still looking for the same answers. And that empty place in our spirit where we don't quite connect is still there. Yeah, I think that I also agree. has a lot to do with all that for sure. And then there's like the other element of escapism, you know, that yeah. that mm-hmm. just get somewhere else in another headspace so that, you know, obviously, you know, life is life. Things happen and, and you know, a lot of things can bring you up, bring you down. But you, you look for that, that little escapism for that whatever 30 minute, 20 minute, one hour and 20 minute window to tell you that. Hey, I can kind of unplug for a little while. Right. And but what's interesting about those kind of shows is not only do you get that, but the element that we just talked about where, you know, the macabre and and certain things that you won't necessarily talk to, you know, obviously we do because we've got a show on it, but <laughs> but uh that you don't really speak to the masses or other people about, you know, paranormal. Cause it's still, I think, I think a lot has come full circle and it's a little bit more accepted. But I also think there's a lot that is kind of still in the fray and the fringes. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot to me that has a lot to do with what's going on with sort of that resurgence is I think that, that people are starting not only to to be able to talk about certain things, but also to be able to to accept certain things. Because um, I just could just be me, but you know, um, but that, that's well, kind of what I feel about that. And I also think, especially with the pandemic, like I was raised non-denomin- non-denominational Christian, um, but I never really felt as connected in a building as when going outside. Mm-hmm. And like we we love nature, we go out, we yeah. hike, we you know, and that's where I feel the closest to God or you know whatever you want to call it, spirit um, source, the universe. Spirit, yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, you know, because everybody was locked down for so long, the only place they could go was outside and they could go do these things that they normally don't get to do. And maybe they felt 
a different Maybe. connection yeah. to the earth or whatever. And so they're, you know, exploring I hope so, that. Cause we need that yeah. real bad. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. You see we all these, you know, we need it really, really bad. You see all these kind of upticks and like grounding things and, mm-hmm. and getting back into nature and, and just that whole practice. And we could probably have a whole show about grounding, but we could, uh, we should, you know, just, we should. <laughs> People yeah, need that. Yeah, they do. Uh, we got a grounding blanket just or grounding uh, sheet just recently. So, but we walk outside barefoot when we can, and yeah. you know all these things that we've forgotten as a human race. I've got my, the way we're my supposed big, to be beautiful grounding crystal right ah, here. Oh, cool! Oh, nice. awesome. That's so <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. So, yeah. with with kind of bringing it back a little bit, oh, we can talked. I make uh, one more st- can I say one please. more thing? Okay. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So I'm also a ghost tour guide, and I've been doing that yeah. for years. And mm-hmm. I want to tell you how many people come on those tours looking for someone to talk to. Yeah. Is, they're like, oh, the history is interesting and the storytelling is interesting, but then they're they're waiting for me to, you know, stop the tour mm-hmm. so they mm-hmm. can come up and say, I don't have anyone to talk to about this, but I had a ghost experience or my house is haunted or what what do you think about this? It happens all the time. There's wow. a huge need for being able to speak about it. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I, I tried to tell my family or I tried to tell my colleagues or I tried to tell my spouse and they didn't believe me or they told me I was crazy or, yeah. you know, yeah. or they, they threw some religious dogma at me that it was it was the devil and I had to you right. know stop thinking about it. And yet they're still being haunted or they're still having yeah. some kind of psychic experience that they don't know what to do with and they don't have language for and they don't know how to put it together and have it make sense in their mind. And I wish that... Within within the framework of all of this fear of witchcraft and fear of other and and that we could um, make space for people's mm-hmm. experiences in a safe and comfortable way, it just yeah. doesn't make sense to me that they have to go find a stranger to, to right. who's telling them history stories to to yep. have someone to talk to. I always make time for it. I always listen. I always try to sure. offer whatever support I can that they need. Mm-hmm. And um, there have been some that needed a lot more support than I could offer. But yeah. that said, it you know, I mean, I, I, I've had people that um, are convinced they have possessions going on in their homes. And I'm like, um, you need to find a medium yes. who, who can figure out what's going on for you. You need someone who's experienced. And of course, I, I keep a list. <laughs> but um, yeah. it's like these things that I learned over the years doing this work, like it, there is a demand for a safe place to tell stories. So, P.S., thanks for doing what you're doing because you're creating oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's it honest. It's easy to us because, I mean, even, you know, dating and stuff, we even watch ghost stuff together. <laughs> yeah, actually, the first the first movies, I, well, it was a little. Um, oh, that you bought me? Uh, the Unsolved Mysteries. Mysteries Ghost. Ghost the first thing I ever bought her, by the way. I love it. But. But no, we, we definitely, uh, and, and I think at the end of the show, we usually put in, you know, you always have your outro stuff, but mm-hmm. we always want to invite people to email us. We are 100% open to anybody coming on the show mm-hmm. and saying, hey, this is what I got going on. Let's talk. We we want to foster that because yeah. we also believe that there are a lot of people that experience things that you're right. They have nowhere to turn. And even just talking to somebody about it makes them feel even just that much more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Please, by all means. Yeah, that's, this is exactly why we started getting into this. And we were both raised in yeah. families where we could. Like, I grew up in haunted houses and, mm-hmm. you know, my whole family, we had we had to talk about it. There yeah. was no, you know, 
this is sure. happening. That's my no story too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so my family, like specifically my uncle, I'll shout out to my uncle Jim right now. Yeah. Um, we talk about it every single week. Yeah. I mean, we just, you know, we go on ghost tour things with him all the time. And so it's, it's something that's always been an open thing, but you know, for people that can't do that or they're looked down on mm-hmm. in their own family, that's got to be something very yeah. hard yeah. to not be able to. You know, I was honestly surprised. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. was surprised that people had no one to talk to. Yeah, and I think Mm -hmm. that for a lot of people, it's also, you know, it lifts the veil enough to where it probably has them questioning a lot of things that they've they've had or held as as values for a very long period of time, if not lifelong. Mm -hmm. So. I'm sure there's a lot of wrestling with with wrestling with the demons, as they say. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I by all means, you know, if, if anybody wants to reach out to us, please, you know, info at gxparanormal.com. Shameless plug. But um, <laughs> but kind of getting to where um, I know there's a lot of recent stuff coming up and it, it's it's to me, it's amazing that there's a resurgence and. Do you find that with that resurgence, there's a little bit more, and I know it probably has a lot more, there needs to be a lot more to it, um, but is, has it become more acceptable? Is it, is it turned into, I, I guess, I guess fear is always going to be there. People are always going to be afraid of what they don't know. And there's always going to be that tangible, if, if it's, if it's fear, then I don't want it, or I'm going to kill it, or I'm going to stamp it out or whatever, but, and which is horrible to me, but um is there at least more acceptance to to the practice of witchcraft and people identifying uh, as being whatever a witch or, or however they want to or however they feel they believe? You know, I think there's been a lot of education that has happened in the past few years. This is maybe a positive of social media where sure. we have learned that not everybody thinks like us and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I I see it all the time on uh, my feed that there are people who are suddenly into crystals. And maybe Mm -hmm. before they thought crystals were part of Satan, you know, but now they're kind of (laughs) like, I'm okay with this, you know. And it's like these small little steps towards accepting something that was quite different or uncomfortable to them previously. And, you know, obviously things have to happen in steps. True. Um, right. It, that's just the way that humanity's mind works. And that's yep. just the way we're made. Um, change happens gradually. And yep. I think that it all of these steps forward are positive. You know, the, the generations younger than ours, those folks that you saw at Stevie Nicks, they yeah. have um, such a wonderful uh general culture among them they're very accepting they're very forthright um they literally won't put up with people's crap the way we had to at their age yeah and (laughs) no (laughs) we would have never started the me too movement our generation wouldn't have done it we wouldn't have because we should have but we should have our parents should have our mothers should have but that just wasn't the way things were and i i am excited to see where they go with all aspects of culture, with faith, with um, societal norms, with acceptance, with body image, with so many things. Because, yeah. you know, they're, they're way ahead of where we were. <laughs> they are, for sure. Yeah, we, even even to the point, I, I think of myself as a very open-minded person, but I'm very, I'm very middle of the road in a lot of different things. But I always used to think because I'm pretty open-minded. X, that's how we are. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm pretty middle of the road. That's just me. And uh, that's that's that defines us. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there was a great song, "Middle of the Road," right? Um, 
but uh, you know, even then, when when I see it, their level of acceptance, even I'm I'm just taken aback a little bit by mm-hmm. how progressive and how they almost just go into without any fear, and it's yeah. just for me, it's just like wow, I, hey, I, I I hear it, and congratulations, but man, that that must have taken some taking some guts because I, you know, some of the mm-hmm. things they do fearlessly is just, it's pretty amazing. You know, we were also taught to fear things that they weren't. Yes, we yeah. Were. You know, yeah. Um, psychologists will tell you that you're only born truly fearing two things, loud noises and falling. Everything else <laughs> is learned. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's interesting. It's yeah. interesting, right? Everything else yeah. is learned. So all of our fear of rejection and our fear of, oh, mostly fear of rejection, all of our yeah. fear of shame, we were taught that. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I've got a question for you, and mm-hmm. this is just something I saw. I don't know if it's accurate or, or not, but mm-hmm. do you know why they they associate pointy hats with witches? I do. You do? Okay, let's hear it. And it's nothing, it's nothing to do with witchcraft. It's um, part of uh, beer history, actually. Yes, that's what I found. <laughs> so um, when beer first became a thing, it was mostly made by women. It's a fermented beverage product, right? Mm-hmm. And um, women who fermented this beverage used to take it to market, but uh, they, they wanted visibility. Uh, this is in the time before, you know, neon signs or, you know, somebody shouting or whatever. So they wore these big pointy hats to bring attention to themselves in the marketplace. That is the beginning of the pointy hats. Um, I'm not 100% sure how it transitioned into the Halloween thing. Right. Yeah. Um, because, you know, most women's hats didn't look like that historically for any reason ever. Um, Mm -hmm. those were literally just worn for the market. You know, they wouldn't have been practical for any other reason. They wouldn't keep your hair back. They really wouldn't function. Mm -hmm. And most hats were functional. Um, I think a lot of the, um, the smaller hats that you see the, the women wear, like in Harry Potter and stuff were probably more realistic, um, historically speaking. Um, but, uh, or bonnets even, you know? That's mm-hmm. probably what witches wore because that's what, you know, you needed to keep your hair back to, to do your craft but right. um, or just to do your regular everyday work. But mm-hmm. uh, I I know where the brooms came from. They were put into the witch. Um, you didn't ask this, but they were put into the re- witch repertoire by a French painter. And they were supposed to be a symbol of um, sexual liberation of um, really? a naked woman flying through the night with her black cat on her broom and like there's this big stick between her legs Mm. so um Mm. it was part of the fear of witches was the sexually liberated woman and his okay his painting depicted that and uh it just became part of the lore wow no i'm glad you brought that up i didn't didn't know about the broom i just found the thing about the hat and that they they brought it to market and they said that they would stir it in like a a cauldron Mm -hmm. and they usually had the, the black cat or not necessarily black, but the cats to keep the mice away. Yeah. Yeah, They had a cat. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where like the, it came to be known like as witches. And I guess the men didn't like the competition that were there. And so they'd point the finger like, Oh, that's a witch to keep people from going to buy their. Yeah. That logic checks out. So I just wanted to see if, if, you know, that's what. Yeah. It's all about the patriarchy at the end. Yeah. No, yeah, I won't confirm crazy. or deny I know about that genetic code <laughs> that plagues us all. 
It's just crazy. I always love to know like where this stuff came from because you know it came from. It usually comes from something like that. Yeah, yeah it's, some, you know? it's something bizarre. That's literally not what you think it's going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. So did you? So wanna, I, yeah, yeah, I th- I kind of stalked you a little bit. <laughs> that's <laughs> totally internet. fine. Just a. <laughs> But you had so much stuff. But yeah. I'm, I'm interested about this Women of the Wild Gather mm-hmm. um, thing that you're doing. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So it's my first year presenting with them. I'm very excited. It is a program um, for it's a whole weekend retreat for um, women and female identifying people. And um, it's presented by a group out of Washington, D.C. And this year it's going to be at a camp in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. It's very rustic. And um Part of the idea of it is being in touch with nature, that um, the the whole weekend, it's not just workshops and people talking at you, but you're sort of co-creating the entire experience with nature as you go. You know, like they already sent out a mailer about the Susquehannock people who had lived there um, centuries ago before there were colonists so that everybody attending would have a, a better understanding of the land's history and the land's um, first uh, cultures. And I'm, I'm presenting um, a workshop about learning to retrust your intuition, uh, which is a thing that most women don't trust at all because we're told, oh, that hunch you have, that's crazy. You're being crazy. Why are you so, why are you so crazy? You're emotional. So honestly, intuition is real. Even science acknowledges that it's real. And I mean, some people are more intuitive than others, but it is my firm belief that intuition is like any other muscle. You can make it stronger if you use it. So um, I, I'm really excited to talk about that. Um, it's, a, it's a weekend to um, connect with the other participants and the various workshop instructors and to sort of allow yourself the space to heal and be with nature. That's amazing. When it when is that? When is that? It's in the beginning of October. So in Pennsylvania, around that time, the weather should be gorgeous. There should be leaves changing. It should really mm-hmm. be just a perfect a perfect scenario for the weekend. That's awesome. That sounds like a really good that. time. Yeah, yeah. It's right up your alley. It is. That's why I saw it. And I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> we weren't so busy. I'd I I'd be I'd be going. Maybe I have to do it next year. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Is this a yearly thing that they do it that every happens? year? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that that'd be great. So this is kind of where we let you. Okay. I mean, do you have anything coming out or or what? Um, what what do you got going, going on? on? Yeah. What's oh going on? Talk to us. So um, I do a lot of presenting. I I honestly love talking to groups of people, and I know nobody likes that, but I do. I love it. Um, yeah, I know for sure. So uh, this weekend on Sunday, I'm doing a workshop on flower essences, which are um, vibrational medicine made from flowers. Um, The following weekend, I'll be in Philadelphia at uh, the Pagan um, Pride Festival talking about tea leaf reading, which is one of my great passions. Um, I I even brought brought some of my drawings along to show you. Um, These are from tea leaf readings that I've done. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So, So when I turn a cup, I... Or when mm-hmm. my client turns the cup, rather, I I draw what's in it. So everybody walks away with their own pen and ink drawing. Oh, that's, that's awesome! Isn't yeah. that fun? Yeah. yeah. So then uh, I'll be in New York after that, but that's a private event. Um, I was hired to talk about cryptids, which I love. Oh, and so that's yeah, cool. I'll I'll be in New York doing a private event with uh, with some cryptids, maybe. But um, never know. <laughs> I mean, if I'm lucky, <laughs> I guess. And yeah. uh, then you know. 
I have all kinds of stuff upcoming. I'm doing uh, the Albert Witch Festival in um, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's a huge cryptid festival, and I'll be talking about the history of witches. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll be at a museum in Pennsylvania later in October um, doing uh, another uh, cryptid history talk, but that will be specifically the cryptids of PA. So, yeah, I've got lots of fun stuff coming up. And if anybody listening ever wants a reading, I do most of my readings remotely because I'm all over the place, right? So I don't, sure. I don't have right. a home base. Yeah. My home base is Zoom. So I do most of my readings <laughs> yeah. remotely and I do tea leaf reading. I do smoke scrying and I do tarot. That's wow. so awesome. So what is the sm- smoke scrying? Is that what you mm-hmm. said? What is that? It is gazing into smoke and looking for symbols, just like gazing into a teacup and looking for symbols. Oh, okay. In high school, I just called that Friday. Well, <laughs> lame, lame, lame dad joke over here. It's not the same. <laughs> I no, promise really you, it's cool. not the same. No, I, 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 I make light, but no, that sounds really cool. I mean, I, I know that, and I don't know if it's somewhat connected, but even when you're like at a campfire or something, mm-hmm. you, you kind of, you kind of get into that, that headspace when you're yeah. looking at a, at the smoke and everything. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. can definitely. Pyromancy yeah. has a lot of flavors. Um, Capnomancy is only one of them. Excuse mm, me. But okay. um, yeah, within the family of pyromancy, you can read smoke, you can read flames, you can read embers, you can throw things in and listen to the sound. There's a lot within mm. the pyromancy family. See, that's interesting because I do that just intuitively. Yeah. 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 Well, most native cultures all, mm. all had yes, fires. They did. That's true. So that's they'd spend time around fires with each mm-hmm. other. So yeah. that it's I'm one very, of the most ancient yeah. forms of divination out there. Hmm. I'm very and it's weird because I'm very, very green when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot that we don't know. So thank you for sharing all for this. Sure. Of course. My pleasure. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could probably talk for eight, 10, 12 hours. <laughs> and I know you've got other things to do. So um, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, thank um, you very much. You know, we'd love to have you back if you're ever open to it. Um, there's, I mean, we were trying to narrow down what we wanted to talk to you about. or One what, subject. One subject. <laughs> I said, there's just, there's no way because there's so much cool stuff that she can, she can talk about. So oh, we, we did pretty um, well staying on track. We, we sideways, yeah. we went a little sideways here and there, but overall yeah. we did pretty well. Which I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm proud of us yeah. because I could, I could. Yeah, have we could have gone go way off. <laughs> And I am as guilty of it when I'm editing going, oh, I probably shouldn't have gone that far. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, thank you so much. And, um, you know, we'll we'll definitely reach back out and hopefully we can you know do this again sometime. I would love yeah. that. Thank you, Nicole and Logan, for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. Well, I'm pretty blown away. I am, too. I mean... We we kind of knew we teed it up because we knew she'd be she'd be amazing, but I had no idea, you know. I no, the, I didn't either. I mean, my knowledge doesn't go very far when it comes to witches beyond what we you know think we know, right? Um, but I guess the most surprising fact is that it didn't start in the British Isles, like Ireland, Scotland, England, as I assumed, right? Um, but Germany. Well, I mean, how could we? You know, I think that. Well, it's because, you know, like I do a lot of research on that because, you know, DNA wise, because I'm more from those areas, you know, like Norway, Sweden, all up in there. So I was like, you know, I look into the Vikings, I look into to all of that. And, you know, and I've always been fascinated by the the Druids and how they, you know, worshipped 
And I just assumed because yeah. it's very, you know, they worship nature and they, you know, did all this stuff that it kind of, that's what turned into witches. Yeah. And that's what came to the, to the United States and led to Salem because a lot of the people in Salem were Irish or they were Scottish or, you know, so I just, I yeah. don't know, or English. Well, and then, you know, I hate, <laughs> I hate to be the person to kind of bring that up, but, you know, you look at all the movies and TV and the stuff well, yeah. that we get spoon fed, you know. Well, there was a lot of persecution mm-hmm. in Scotland and Ireland for witches. I right. mean, and that was up till, I don't know the exact date, but it was oh yeah, way later than it should have been. Sure. So that's why I just think, you know, I was like, oh, okay, that's that's the history. So she definitely schooled me on that. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> Which I'm glad. I'm very happy to be schooled. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's... But that's just what I assumed. I think just the, I mean... The way she can kind of just draw back on stuff that, uh, first of all, she must have so much knowledge is just about to pour out of her of her head. But, um, you know, when it comes to like the different types of, of people practicing, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, listen, I, I don't mean it to sound the way it's going to sound, but, you know, I just always assume witchcraft is witchcraft and people practice it or they don't practice it. And I guess it's my naivete that I didn't realize that. And I guess I probably should have. That there are many different types of of people that believe different things. Whether it's multiple mm-hmm. deity, one deity, no no deity. I had no idea about that. I didn't either. And you know, now that we spoke about it, it seems to me like it's almost like like a religion. I mean, you've got you know all your different denominations and stuff like that. So I would think of it as like maybe there's like the base, mm-hmm. and then there's the branches that come off of it. Like right. Want you know they believe this, but maybe didn't want to follow that, so they broke off in this. We do this, or you know, and she mentioned the different deities, and you know, but we've been taught at least you know growing up that it ha- all has to do with Satan, and right. you know, if you avert from Christianity at all, um, it just automatically means that, right? Um, and that's why I kind of wanted to get into this because I knew that it couldn't be just that, right? You know, because most of these people that that you meet that that call themselves Wiccan or or whatever it may be, are usually very peaceful people. Mm-hmm. They're usually um, nature lovers. They get along with everyone. They respect each other. That to me is not Satan. <laughs> no, in any way, shape, or form. And like she said, you know, she only knew two people that actually identified themselves. You know, with with Satan. Right. So. It, it's very, I don't know, it just resembles to me a lot of like Native American mm-hmm. belief systems. Um, a lot of um, like Islander, like, you know, if you think about Hawaii or, you know, the New Zealanders, you know, and they're all a type of Native, sure. whether people know that or not. It's tribal. I mean, yeah, yeah. they're tribal people. Um, even the African, you know, it's the same type, like celebrating and, and in a way, worshiping nature and where we live and what's around us. Right. And so that's what I think that they're, you know, a lot of them are probably doing. Sure. Yeah. You know, and then if they're, you know, casting spells or whatever, are they just, that's something I probably should have asked her. Like, what does that mean to cast a spell? But um, we could have gone on and on and on. Oh yeah. <laughs> speaking I mean, with her. Um, but it, it seems more 
you know, ritualistic, like with fires and, and, you know, plants and, and that type of stuff. So Nature that, bound. Yes. Type, yeah. Yes. Like, you know, the natives, well, you should probably speak about this, but like, you know, when they sit in the circle and mm-hmm. they, was it the, is it the peyote that they, they smoke? Well, I mean, and it's not just one, um, one, one particular nation that does that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it varies from nation to nation, but yes, there is usually some sort of, uh, storytelling involved and and typically that has to do with um kind of the belief system and rarely ever is it in a building it's usually outside mm-hmm. um with and nature if, with nature yeah. right and i don't know if it has something to do with the fact that maybe they just didn't really have that kind of facilities or if it's just being in touch with you know that particular deity or that particular belief that Everything's pretty well grounded in nature, mm-hmm. um, and that is definitely the belief system that that a lot of native cultures have. Not all, but a, a good majority of them have. Yeah. Well, I, like I told her, I've always felt more spiritual in nature than I've ever felt inside of a building. So, I'm. I would assume that's probably why. Well, there is a, and I, and I don't know it, it off the top of my head the actual name for it, but there is a well known study that. I think they took some kind of uh, device and put it on people's heads. And there is a different wave pattern that your brain emits from when you're walking down the street of say like New York city and walking in a forest down a a path, Mm -hmm. your brain just completely has a different uh, signal, has a different way of interpreting. So no matter what, that is a, that is a measurable thing that that we Mm -hmm. have that we know that, People do act differently. People think differently. They are just different human beings in nature. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it, it's not just walking. It's, you know, they've got studies about wading in water mm-hmm. and, you know, gardening, even like spending time in the soil. That's why gardeners are usually very happy. Yeah. Because th- there's some, like, is it microbillium? Is that the word? I think so. I'm sorry if I've got it wrong, but it's close to that in the soil and is actually an antidepressant. Mm. So they recommend for people that are depressed to go outside. That's the number one thing they always say, go outside, spend time in nature, walk in nature. And it really, you know, it basically, it's like taking an antidepressant, except yeah. no after effects, yeah. except happiness. Right. I think we could all have that. So. so that makes sense. It totally makes sense to me. Yeah. Well. Folks, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, we had a had a great show. Um, I think there was there was so much information that came out during that. Um, you know, I think that I think that that's exactly you know, Rissa put so much information out there that you can you can digest in any way that you want to. Um, and of course, you know, not everything needs to be believed, but it's just a different a different aspect of how people. Um, you know, connect with earth. Mm-hmm. So. And if you want to get in touch with her for a tea leaf reading, I do have a website where you can go on and, and um, sign up for one. And it's www.teaandsmoke.com forward slash tea dash leaf dash readings. Yep. So and you can contact her that way. We'll also put it in the show notes mm-hmm. and on YouTube, we'll put it on the, on the, um, links in the description so that way that way you can get there from there too but 
I've never had one done. I'm, no. I'm curious. Yeah, I think we're going to do one. I, or I at least want you to do mm-hmm. one because that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how, how the, I'm, they have to be trained in it. I know yeah. there's certain, you know, just like palm reading, stuff like that. Yeah. I've never had any of that done. I, so. I haven't either. I don't think there was a lot. Yeah. I don't think there was a lot of that going on in the military. <laughs> hey, you guys going to go for palm reading? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> So, well, listen, guys, thank you so much. Um, it's a pleasure having you here. Um, you know, we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week. You never know. We might have her back. You never know. Here, let me steal this from you here. See you guys later. Bye. Music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Check us out at our Facebook at Generation X Paranormal Podcast. Our website, gxparanormal.com, should have pretty much everything we have as far as events and upcoming things regarding the podcast. And if you'd like to reach out to us directly, our email is at info at gxparanormal.com. Thank you and have a nice day.